0: Hey everybody, I'm Robert Yerby, and I'm an insurance professional, and admittedly, kind of an insurance nerd. My friends and family tell me that nobody is going to want to listen to a podcast about insurance, so instead, on this show, I'm hoping to share a story or have a conversation with a guest about some relatable experience, and then show you how insurance impacts that story or topic. My hope is You'll enjoy a few laughs with me and maybe learn at least one interesting thing about insurance along the way. Here we go. Thanks for listening. Uh, today, uh, I do have a guest. I don't always have a guest, but I do have a guest today, and I have my father here with me. Dad, say hello.
1: Hello, everybody. It's nice <laughs> to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Rob.
0: This this is the original Robert, actually. Uh Let's see, before, my family calls me Rob. You just called me Rob. Not everybody knows that, but some people wonder sometimes. So you're hanging out for a long weekend here in Arizona, getting out of the Michigan winter.
1: Yes, sunny Arizona, getting out of that long Michigan winter, five months worth. It's good to see the sun out here.
0: Yeah, the sun's shining today. Uh, Yeah, and we have big plans. Uh, We are both Michigan State grads. Yes. And you know, by the time this podcast airs, <laughs> um, our guys might be out or we might be heading to the Final Four. I don't know. I don't know. But we're, we're going up to Wasted Grain in Scottsdale, uh, where our alumni club does our game watches. So shout out to uh, another Robert up at Wasted Grain, who's nice enough to open early for us all to get rowdy on a Thursday afternoon and watch the Spartans play. Yeah, uh, and we we got a lot of stuff going, actually, while you're here. We were talking about going to the casino, and we have uh, tickets to go see the Cubs game. Yes. Uh, Actually, I was hoping we could talk a little baseball.
1: Baseball? Well, just don't mention the Tigers.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No. uh, We're going to a Cubs game in Mesa, Arizona, and... I have in my hot little hand here a ticket, and this is this is an old ticket. It doesn't even have the year on it. It says, you know, March 6th of whatever year this was, but they don't actually give us paper tickets anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything's electronic.
1: Virtual? On your phones?
0: Yeah, you have to download an app, and right. the tickets are in the app, and if you didn't understand apps, I don't know what you do.
1: Yeah, exactly. But... I would be lost.
0: Now, there's, a of, there's a lot of old-timers that go to spring training, and they seem to get in and out okay. But, yeah, we don't have these paper tickets anymore. The reason I have it in my hand is all of the, the stuff on the back. I, I'll come back to that. But we're going to the game tomorrow. Tomorrow, And, of course, you've, you've been to baseball games. We've been to baseball games together. Yeah, we have. Have you ever caught a foul ball?
1: Never. Never caught a foul ball.
0: So I've never caught a foul ball before either. I go to a lot of baseball games.
1: I've been to Fairmount, and for whatever reason, um, never had the opportunity to catch a ball. None, none ever hit in my direction.
0: Okay, so I'll I'll point this out when we go, but where we sit, um, my my seats are kind of like on the. They're kind of behind the on deck circle where the Cubs dugout is and of course there's netting now yeah right right back where we are if a, a pitch gets fouled off it's gonna hit like this um what would you say like the broadcast booth okay right behind home plate and it'll bounce off of that right into like our area ah if if we are lucky enough to get a foul ball, that's how it's going to happen. It's going to hit you in the back of the head
1: if you're not looking for on, on
0: the rebound. Yeah. So when it does that, everybody's got to like turn around and look. Because I, I tell you what, probably one once a game, somebody isn't paying attention and gets conked like that. But I don't know, in a given game, I mean, there's there's a fair number of foul balls that go into the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they they do have signs that say. You know, be aware of objects leaving the field. I think that's how they put it. I mean, they basically mean balls and, you know, maybe a bat. Bat here and there. Yeah. Now, I said that there's netting where where we're going to sit. For as long as I can remember, there's always been netting right behind home plate. I don't want to assume that's always been the case, but for as long as I've been alive, I remember netting right behind home plate. But it's pretty recent that they started putting netting all the way from like the, the dugout all the way to the foul pole in the outfield. Yeah. I don't know if, have you been to a game where they had the netting that far?
1: I haven't been to one that's been that far, but I I have seen it where it's pretty much down third baseline and first baseline for a ways.
0: Yeah. Like they started covering up the, the seats behind the dugout maybe like six, seven years ago. No, my sense of time is, you know, uh, pretty, pretty wacky. I mean, if I say something happened, uh, two years ago, it could have been three months ago. It could have been 28 years ago. Uh-huh. So, I uh, but I'm guessing six, seven years ago, they started going all the way to the dugouts. So I used to have seats that were like right there, uh, past third base, about where the netting went and stopped. Mm-hmm. And I always like to not have seats with nets in front of me. I figure, you know, I'm not bringing toddlers to the game. I, I'm not getting hammered to where I can't pay attention. I'm not on my phone. Like I, I go to watch baseball. I really do. So when somebody's up to bat, like I'm, I'm watching for that foul ball. And I don't know that I'm, I'm hoping a screaming line drive, you know, is going to come at my head. I, I don't think that's what I want, but I'd be ready for it. And I also think I'm probably the type that would get out of the way, not try and catch, you know, a ball coming at me at 95 miles an hour with my bare hands. Anyway, it's never happened. I don't have to worry about it because now they have nets and it goes all the way to the foul pole in every major league park. Well... It actually says on the back of this ticket something about this. And and I thought I would just read to you real fast. Uh, Warning, and this is all in bold. Holder assumes all risk incidental to the game of baseball and any other event at the facility to which this ticket applies, whether occurring prior to, during, or after the game or event, including, but not exclusively, the danger of being injured by or in connection with any broken or released bat or thrown or batted ball. For holder's safety, holder must stay alert and be aware of their surroundings at all times while visiting the facility. And it it goes on a little longer, but that's the main piece of it. So you go to a baseball game, you got to know.
1: You're at risk.
0: Yeah. It, the ball's flying into the people that's <laughs> yeah. that's part of the experience right so do you know how many times major league baseball has successfully been sued by someone who was hurt by a batted ball or or any object leaving the field say in the last 100 years how many times do you think that's happened
1: i wouldn't think it it would happen that often um maybe 20 25 times total
0: In like a hundred years?
1: Yeah.
0: It's actually happened zero times in the last hundred years. Wow. They've never successfully, no major league team in America has successfully been sued by somebody who was hurt by an object leaving the field. Do you think it's
1: because of that disclosure statement on the ticket?
0: There's actually, and obviously I'm not an attorney, but there's a legal precedent from a hundred something years ago. And it defined the baseball rule they refer to it as the baseball rule. You go to a baseball game, you understand even if they hadn't put this on the ticket mm. uh, you you understand this is an an event or activity where you are taking a risk because objects leave the field that is, that is part of the event and so really, for somebody to successfully sue a baseball team you you would have to prove that the team you know had willful disregard and you know was was like targeting you like somebody was tossing up a ball and like smacking it right at you Mm. with the intent to hit you but that's that doesn't happen you know we're we're just we're playing the game and we're we're doing it for the fans that are watching so that that i think that is remarkable for his As many people as have been hit and injured, right? because that number, I I guess I don't have that at my fingertips, but there's probably, well, excuse excuse me, I should say prior to the netting going all the way to the foul pole, in a typical major league season, there were about 2,000 to 3,000 people that were injured every year by objects leaving the field. So, I mean, that's a big number.
1: That is a big number.
0: Uh, relative to the total number of games played you know 162 games times you know 30 teams i mean it's a lot of games and there's a lot of balls that go screaming into the people i I don't know but 2,000 people getting hurt that's a lot of people. people now it's not to say that teams don't offer some compensation to somebody they don't offer medical assistance you know they do but as far as successfully being sued that doesn't happen
1: so let me ask you this. Is, is
0: is that true
1: with other athletic events like may say be, be hockey where you would have that understanding that you go there and you're at your own risk if you get hit by a puck or a stick that breaks and flies into the crowd?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if you would remember this, but I got a puck at a Blackhawks game when I was in uh, maybe ninth grade. Like we were there for them practicing, warming up. And yeah, I, I I had nachos or something, and it hit my nachos, and the nachos just kind of like exploded when the puck hit it. So I had like cheese and stuff all over me for the whole game.
1: Oh no, I don't remember that specifically, but it's interesting.
0: And I had that puck for the longest time too. But yes, that that principle you know right. apl- applies to a lot of activities that we would go to. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else you know we might go to that would have something inherently dangerous to it. I've never been to a rodeo. I guess they don't have stuff flying up, no. but you know, football and basketball, you tend to not have stuff flying into the, into the people, right. but maybe, maybe if you, if you got Spike Lee seats and you know, somebody goes tumbling into you, right, crashing into, you know, you wanted to sit right there next to everybody. There you go. I mean, sometimes people go, the, the players that is, they go, um. After balls that are going out of bounds, and they they could hit somebody, and those are big, 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 big dudes, right? Right. Yeah. I, I don't sit courtside very often. I did sit uh, right behind the visitors' bench at a Bulls game once, and I knew I knew who was on the visiting team. I want to say it was the Nets, but it it probably doesn't matter. My recollection was. Whatever the visiting team was, they had Shannon Brown, former Mich- Michigan State, State star, on the team. And so I wanted to sit behind the visitor's bench because I wanted to watch Shannon Brown. I think, and, and I, I feel like my um, my fact checker is right now looking up the Nets roster from, when was this have been? Like 2011, 2012, something like that. To see who was on the roster. I I, I want to say Shannon Brown got traded like two days before the game. And I already bought the tickets. And it turned out Maurice Ager, also Michigan State Spartan, was on the, on that same team. But he didn't play. Like he didn't get much playing time at all. Which was perfect because, I mean, I guess it was perfect. He was going to be sitting like right in front of me. My seats were at the very end of the bench, like in the corner where like the team would be going into the tunnel. So I'm not sitting behind the head coach. I'm not sitting behind, you know, the the starters when they're resting. I'm sitting behind like the, the scrubs, the guys that don't play, which turned out to be, I mean, Maury Sager was one of those guys. So he's sitting like three or four seats to my left most of the game and he doesn't really get in. But uh, me and my buddy w- were drinking at the game, so by the end of the game, either either the Bulls were way up or the other team was way up. It was a blowout, one way or the other. And so I- I'm drinking a little bit, and maybe more than a little bit. And I started I started going, put Agar in, put Agar in, just just like loud enough that I thought like the the head coach could hear me, because I, again, it was a blowout, so halfway through the fourth quarter, people are leaving. And I was pretty sure the, the coach could hear me. And I knew Agar could hear me. So, yeah, put Agar in. And now, like, nobody's nobody's stopping me at this point. Nobody's like, hey, settle down.
1: Nobody cares at that point.
0: And, and so now I'm emboldened. Like, yeah, all right, cool. So it gets louder. Like, put Ager in. <laughs> and finally, I'm thinking, there's like, Four minutes left in the game. And the head coach, he turns and he says, Mo, you're in. Or I mean, something like that. But he called him Mo. I remember that. And so Edgar pops up, heads to the scorer's table, and he gets in. And, and my recollection is he scored eight points, like, like that. He hit two threes and then he drove to the basket, hit two free throws. And when he hit that first three, it was kind of like right in front of us. And I, I mean, I popped up and I was like, yeah, go green. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm half expecting it. He's going to turn and point at me or wink or something be like, yeah, <laughs> no, I get nothing. He doesn't look my direction at all. And he came down again. He hit another three from like the same spot. And I'm going nuts. And of course, it's, it's a blowout. Like nobody's calling a timeout to stop this streak or anything, cool them off. They, they just keep going. They keep going. Well, I figure, you know, at, at the timeout or, or the game ended or whatever, I figure I'm going to get some kind of acknowledgement from Ager. I'm, I'm yelling, go green. I had a Michigan State hat on too, like bright green and white. Uh, I got nothing. And I was so disappointed, yeah, I guess that's the end of that story that wasn't that wasn't that interesting of a story, yeah. but
1: uh, yeah, you would have think he'd hit a wink at you or something, thanks for helping me get into the game, yeah,
0: or a go white, I mean something yeah,
1: go white, yeah, yeah.
0: something man, anyway, uh, I didn't get anybody you know flying into the people at me then either i was I was one row back, hmm. well, so. You and I, we, we we're not basketball players, we're not baseball players, um, but we do golf sometimes, and you've seen me golf. I got a yeah. I got a pretty uh, crazy slice sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I I am <laughs> I'm one of those guys like uh, is coming out of his shoes when he swings sometimes, a lot of times. And yeah, there's a pretty wicked slice. So sometimes I've, I've actually hit it over the, the adjacent fairway to like the second fairway over. I've hit it that far. That's how bad the slice is.
1: It's a pretty bad slice.
0: Yeah. No, oh, I know. Yeah. I, I know. And so if I am lined up, say with, you know, a road next to the fairway, Hmm. I get a little nervous about that because I don't want to. I don't want to hit into like a car. If if you if you hit somebody with a golf ball, I mean that's a thing. People get hit with balls all the time. Property gets hit with balls, right. you know, on a regular basis. Uh, do you ever worry about that?
1: Uh, I I worry about it right now because I I have to live on a golf course. Oh yeah. And I'm only about probably. 50 to 60 yards away from the tee off on, on the um, 15th hole. So yeah, I worry about players hitting their balls into my windows or into my roof all the time. It, it hasn't happened very often, but it has happened. They've hit, hit the side of the house. They haven't hit any windows, but they've hit the side of the house and the roof um, with, with teeing off on the 15th hole
0: yeah I'd forgotten about that yeah, yeah you do live on a golf course and and you've got you know balls in your yard every mm-hmm. so often, yeah that's yeah that's something so if, if you're sitting out on uh your your balcony, you watch you know them teeing off and and I don't know maybe make sure they're not gonna like hit you in the back of the head or yeah something.
1: yeah i I'm curious as to see how, what how where they're gonna hit it and where it's gonna land, so
0: okay, so this is interesting to me, so if they did you know, hit your window, let's say break your window or hit you and I don't know, hurt you or one of your guests, do you know how that liability works?
1: Uh, My understanding is that if you, if you observe them hitting the ball and it hits your property to do damage to it or hits one of your guests and hurts them in any way, that you go out and um, engage with them and let them know that you've observed that and that they are liable for any damages that they would have caused.
0: And if you don't see it, then if,
1: if you don't see, like if you're not home and something like that happens, you come home and your window is busted with a golf ball laying there. There's really nothing you can do at that point because you haven't uh, you haven't observed who who did it and you know in, engaged them in sense of Describing what, what you saw and what happened. So you, the liability at that point would be just you, your, your own.
0: Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously you've got homeowners insurance that can cover that if the, if the losses were were significant. Yeah. You know, obviously you have a deductible, I, I imagine. Yes. Huh. Okay. Uh, I Best I can recall, I don't think I've ever hit. I, I'm sure I haven't hit any one. I don't know for certain that I've ever damaged anybody's property, uh, but I, I am mindful of it because of <laughs> these errant shots that I fire off, and if I'm liable for you know property damage or you know bodily injury, I know that I have insurance for that. Mm-hmm. So I mean I have liability coverage under both a well I'm, I'm a renter here. So there's a certain amount of coverage under my renter's policy. And then I have an umbrella policy, which just increases the limits that I would otherwise have on that renter's policy. I don't know that a lot of people are thinking about that. Like what would happen, you know, if I did hurt somebody, you know, am I going to have to pay for that out of pocket? Am I going to have to, or, or do I have insurance about that? I'm actually shocked in talking to some people that they, they don't even realize that there's liability coverage for them under their homeowner's. Or renters policy. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. I know I, I have uh, speaking of the golf course and, and seeing somebody hit a ball and it breaks a window. Uh, at one point I was I was golfing with my nephew and one of my brothers and my nephew hit a ball that busted a window in one of the properties on the golf course and the person was home. And he saw us, and we went up to him, my, my nephew went up to him and explained that it was his ball that busted his window, and if, uh, if there was anything that, you know, we could do to cover the damages, or whatever, and, uh, you know, he exchanged his name and, and his insurance company. So, I, at that point, I think he probably knew that he had some kind of coverage for that, and, and he was liable for it, because the guy had, had seen it happen, and and um, so, uh, you know, I, I do know that it exists. And at that point, the guy had, uh, had saw it and he, he exchanged his insurance information and told him he'd cover whatever, whatever damage was done.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah and obviously, uh, to the best of my knowledge, there's no in- insurance companies that are asking, you know, if you play golf or, or how good you are. But this is a lot of people play golf. This yeah. this is something that can happen. And you know, whatever activities you might be involved in. I mean, sometimes just stuff happens, accidents happen. And that's kind of like why you have that liability coverage uh on a renters or homeowners. And and you know, sometimes damage can be significant. So that's that's one of the reasons why, hey, people get umbrella policies. But yeah, um okay. Well, I've, I've never had a, a loss of any kind on a liability policy. Uh, knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. All right. So, and, and hopefully we'll go to the game. Uh, nobody's going to be hit or injured by any balls. Maybe we'll have one land softly in our lap on the rebound as it bangs off the broadcast booth. All right. And we'll get a little souvenir. We'll get a souvenir.
1: That would be great.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. That was one interesting thing about insurance. Right. A, uh, if you like the podcast, rate it, leave us, a, leave us a good review, tell your buddies. And if you're looking for insurance continuing education, because you're a, a licensed producer or adjuster, you can check out our live webinar courses at bmfce.com. All right. Thanks. Thank you.